Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. We do invite you to remain standing in body or in spirit for the reading of God's holy word. Today our scripture comes from the book of Acts, chapter 16, um, verses 16 through 26. Let's give our attention to the reading of God's holy word. One day, as we were going to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day, until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you, in the name of Jesus Christ, to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered, so they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews. They shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure that they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of every prisoner fell off. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. You all may be seated. Let us pray. So God, we do pray. We pray for your peace, your insight. Lord, uh, have your way with us. Lord, would you speak to us? Would even something inside us happen that we weren't expecting this morning as we encounter you and encounter your spirit? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Occasionally, a sermon needs to begin with a scene from Ghostbusters, and today is that day. Not all the time does a sermon need to begin with a scene from Ghostbusters, but today is a a good day for it as well. Now, Ghostbusters is one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, I loved watching it as a kid, and and even as an adult, I love to watch it. I get some jokes now as an adult that I didn't get, thankfully, when I was a kid. It's amazing what you learn about what they put into your favorite movies when you become an adult, right? Um, And if you have never seen Ghostbusters, well, I'm sorry, I'm about to spoil it for you. Um, We're going to talk about this movie for just a little bit. So, um, in New York City, there are, there's this ghost outbreak, for lack of a better word. And so there are these four individuals who come to the rescue. They are the, the Ghostbusters, and you all know who you're going to call? Ghostbusters, right? Absolutely. And so, um, so they, they come. And, and the reason that they're needed because of this ghost outbreak is because Gozer, the Gozerian, is returning to bring destruction. 
exactly what any good movie needs is a Gozerian to come and to bring destruction. And so at the, um, as, the, as the movie and as this ghost outbreak continues, um, the, the Ghostbusters go to this high-rise apartment building to encounter Gozer the Gozerian's messenger at the time. Now, one of my all-time favorite lines, um, and, and Peter Vakeman's played by Bill Murray, and he has lots of great lines in the movie, but one of my all-time favorite lines that I slide into any conversation I can um, is they, they find themselves um, before this staircase to go up to the top of the high-rise, and, and they say, you know, where do these stairs go? And Bill Murray's, Bill Murray's character says, they go up. And I just love it. Uh, I just, you all don't, but I do. I just think it's quite hilarious. <laughs> Where do these stairs go? They go up. So they go up these stairs. They find Gozer's messenger who is there. And this is what Gozer's messenger says. Sub-creatures, Gozer the Gozerian, Gozer the Destructor, Volgus Zahaldor, the Traveler has come. Choose and perish. Now, this, they were very confused at this point in time. What do you mean, choose? And so they, they asked questions of each other. Choose, what do you mean, choose? What are we supposed to do? And then um, the, the messenger says, choose the form of the destructor. And so they, then it, it, it hits in Peter Venkman's head. Oh, whatever we think about, that is going to be what is going to come and um, destroy us. So if we thought of, and he uses J. Edgar Hoover, if we thought of J. Edgar Hoover, then J. Edgar Hoover would come and destroy us, whatever it is. So I want you all to not think about how you might be destroyed. It's really hard, right? And so there's a scene in the movie, and then there's this pause, and then the messenger says, You're, you have chosen. And, and Peter's like, I didn't choose. Did you choose? And Winston's like, no, I didn't choose. Did you choose Egon? And Egon was like, no, I didn't choose. All of our minds were blank. And they look at Ray, who's playing by Dan Aykroyd, and, and he just kind of drops his head. And he said, it just popped in there. I thought of the safest, most pleasant memory I had from childhood. They're like, what did you do, Ray? Right? And he said, I thought of the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. And so what do they hear around the corner but the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, you know, 100 feet tall, walking down the streets of New York, stepping on churches, all sorts of terrible things um, that is going on. And they were all just like, Ray, what's up? Like, could you not just not think of anything, right? And, and they were all frustrated with their, with their brother, with their friend, Ray. Why did you do that, Ray? Nice thinking. Have you ever been in a conversation with people in which somebody said something and you're like, please, why did you say that? Why did you do that? If you haven't had that experience, other people have had that experience from you, right? And so here we, they find themselves. And, and when I was thinking about what happened to Paul and Silas, it actually made me think of Ghostbusters because that's the way my mind sometimes works is I imagine that as Silas is getting beaten, he looks over at Paul and is like, Paul, why did you do that? I mean, it really is a strange story that we find here in, in the book of Acts. It says that there was this, um, this young lady, this, this young girl who was a slave girl who had been following them, shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God and they have come to tell you how to be saved. And so day after day, this little slave girl would follow them around and would tell them this stuff. Until one day, Paul got tired. It says, and I love what it says, this went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated 
that he turned and said to the demon within her. It, it, it took, I mean, again, I often like to think that, that the, the heroes in the Bible did things because of holy reasons, but here it just seems Paul was just sick and tired of it. Like, oh, I've had enough, finally. Okay, demon, get out of her, right? And that this begins a chain of events that, that caused a lot of problems, but also God found a way to use it for a lot of good. Now, what had happened is, is that when Paul told her and told the demon inside of her that in the name of Jesus Christ to leave, it, it, it caused great disruption in the community because all of a sudden there was a slave girl whose value to her masters was the demon who all of a sudden had no value to them anymore. Their income was completely taken away because they had completely relied and manipulated her and used her as their slave in order to be able to get money. And so there was this uproar, this anger, this, this pain in the community. And this is what happens, right? Is that when God's good news comes into a community, sometimes it causes disruption because his way of, of, of being in the world is different. And some amazing things happened. Of course, the most amazing thing that happened began with what happened to this slave girl. She was being enslaved by these masters. And, and, and so these chains that she had experienced from the outside were now gone. And this is sometimes what happens to us, is that there are times in our lives in which you and I, we, we have these forces that are outside of us that prevent us from living freely, that we can be chained from the outside. Um, you know, I think sometimes that we can find ourselves slaves to debt and, and the, the borrower is slave to the, the lender and that sometimes we, we, what decides so much of our life is, is the debt that we have or what money can decide. And sometimes not even debt, but it is we have to continue to, to make money or I, I have to be rich. It's this idea of success and money that can be a chain from the outside. Sometimes we, we can be chained from the outside with people, right? That there are certain things and situations in which we walk around on eggshells and we're not able to truly live because we've been chained from the outside. And of course, there is real life human trafficking that continues to occur, modern day slavery that continues to occur, and people are imprisoned, and we as a church and as a body of churches need to be a part of the good news that continues to set the prisoners and the slaves free. But sometimes there are also chains from the inside. I mean, that was the, the truth of the experience for this um, young lady is that she had a demon inside of her. Um, I remember a few years ago, we had a, a gentleman named uh, Arden Autry. He was a professor at ORU, and he came, and one of the things he talked about was that there are many spirits. Um, th there is the Holy Spirit, and today is Pentecost. We celebrate the Holy Spirit on us, but there are other spirits that can live and resonate and be a part of our lives. And so she had a demon inside of her. I don't always understand demons, but I know Jesus cast them out, so I believe that there are demons um, that Jesus still continues to, to come to set people free from. But I also believe that there are different spirits that are inside of us. Sometimes there are spirits of fear in, in, in which we, we are, are always afraid and we're controlled by our fear of what if I do this and we can be frozen in our fear. Sometimes the spirit of despair. It feels like nothing good will, will happen and even the good things, we, we keep waiting for the other shoe to drop because we can't believe something good will happen in the spirit of despair. 
Maybe there's a spirit of bitterness that we have in our heart and soul. It began as a spirit of anger, and we've never worked through it, and we've never resolved it. And so the spirit of bitterness chains us. We can't be happy for ourselves or even for somebody else. Sometimes it is a, a spirit of trauma, um, and, and, and we have this unresolved trauma. Something happened to you decades ago, and you've never resolved it, and that stays with you, and, the, and there's healing that we want from that. There can also be a spirit of pride that we, we have to appear successful. We have to know what we're doing. We have to have it all together and we have to look that way. And that's the most important thing. And so we, we, we make sure that what we look like on the outside is more important than what's going on on the inside. And, and we can all be enchained by these. But the good news is, is that Jesus has come to set us free from those things, either from the outside in or from the inside out. I mean, what Paul said is, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her. And it really is that I'm so glad that Kendrell chose that song, that we speak the name of Jesus. Because it is in the power of the name of Jesus that we can be set free from what's going on. We can speak the name, and Jesus does the work inside of us. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And maybe some of the reason why we continue to struggle is that we've never put it under the authority of Jesus. Instead, we have just tried and tried and tried to do it ourselves. We've tried to make the best of it, and, and we can't get out of the handcuffs ourselves. It almost reminds me of those Chinese finger traps that I used to get at Chuck E. Cheese. I don't know where you got yours, but I got mine at Chuck E. Cheese. And, and I, you know, the more you pull, the more it tightens. And I think so much of our life is that we keep trying to pull these Chinese finger traps instead of just releasing and relaxing our fingers and letting Jesus come and help us out to surrender. And this is what God wants to do, is he has come to set you free. He's come to set us free. He's come to set people free. Now the truth is, and here's what we know, is that someone always pays for freedom. You know, they, they say there's no such thing as a free lunch, and that's very true right? Somebody always pays. Somebody always puts the effort. Somebody always does the, the work. I mean, I think about um, this weekend being Memorial Day, and, and we, we come here freely able to worship God in, in our country, but that's only because other people paid the price for our freedom um, as a country, and so that we can have this ability that we have. And so we remember those this weekend who gave their lives for this country so that you and I and so many others can experience the freedom that we have. They paid a price. Jesus paid a price for our freedom. And in this story, Paul and Silas ended up paying the price for the freedom that this little girl, this young lady experienced. What happened? Well, once, the, once they found out that she was free and that she no longer had her ability, they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities in the marketplace. Um, it said a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. Now it says that the jailer was ordered to make sure that they didn't escape and then the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet into the stocks. Now, so I want you to, again, just try to imagine the scene. So Paul and Silas, life is good for you all. Things are going well, except for this little annoying um, young lady who keeps yelling at you. Um, and then all of a sudden you set her free, and then you get beaten. Not just a little bit, but a lot. 
You get stripped down naked and you get thrown into not just prison, all right, but into the worst part, the dungeon of the prison. It's dark. I can't imagine it smells good. You can't see anything. You are chained with your feet and your hands and there is nowhere for you to go. You are at the bottom of the bottom. Now, I don't know. I've had some bad days before. Never anything like that. But I've had some bad days. And when I have some bad days, I kind of feel sorry for myself. I mope around a little bit, you know. I snack on food I shouldn't snack on, you know. Ice cream makes things better, right? I, I, I pray to God, God, make the pain go away. I don't praise God typically, right? We do these things when we find ourselves at the bottom. But it's so fascinating what Paul and Silas do. Because they do what I just can't even imagine doing around midnight, at the darkest place, at the dark of night, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. I mean, it's amazing that, that here at this darkest moment, as they were in the pit, that what they chose to do was to pray and to praise, to offer themselves to God. I mean, one of the things that we've heard said is when the going gets tough, the tough get going. But I really think that when, it, for us as, as Christians, when the faithful get tested, the tested get faithful. And we choose, what are we going to do at that darkest moment? And we do have a choice. Are we going to let what we believe God is doing, the redemption story of God, again and again we see that God redeems and restores and renews. That's who he is. That's what he does. Are we going to choose to believe that story? Or are we going to choose to believe the story of our circumstances? And in that moment, Paul and Silas could have chosen their circumstances and none of us would have said anything about it. We would have said, well, that makes sense. They're in prison. They can't even walk. They're beaten. They've got open wounds. What are they going to do? But instead, they choose to worship and to sing. And it reminds me that our perspective needs to be more potent, more powerful than our circumstances. How we see the world, the story that we live ourselves in. We don't just take this moment and say it's not going to get any better, but instead we choose to believe in hope and that our future is better than our present and that God is for us and with us. Now what happened then as they were praising in the middle of the night, and again, all of the prisoners were hearing this noise. How weird did it have to be? I wonder what noise, noise they normally heard and then they hear this one. And so in the middle of the night, there was this great earthquake that came. And not just a normal earthquake, but an earthquake that shook open the doors and also had, felt like there was, so I was like, I don't know, like there's a car drive, like a truck driving by or something, maybe one of those big, I was like, is it moving in here a little bit? Like, maybe it was an earthquake, you know, a little bit. But, um, you know, I mean, this, this, this earthquake came and it shook everybody and those chains fell off. I mean, we were saying that earlier, my chains are gone, I've been set free, I can only imagine what that would have been like for them, what it would have been like um, for others. And, and, there's, and, and it reminds me of a song. I mean, this Amazing Grace song, My Chains Are Gone. One, I just absolutely love that song. Um, there was a song that when, when I went to Asbury Theological Seminary in Kentucky, um, the, 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 the community had a fight song. Um, it's a song called And Can It Be. 
Um, you may have sung it in church before, but pr- most people really haven't. It's a great song. It's terribly difficult to sing. Um, and I normally don't ask our, any place I've been to sing it because I had us sing it at my very first church in Muldrow, Oklahoma. I was like, we're going to sing Ann Canabee. Because when we sang it at the seminary, again, it was a fight song. And it was just like, it was loud, like we had just scored a touchdown or something. I mean, we would all sing that. And so then I sing it in Muldrow, Oklahoma, to people who have never heard it before. And again, it's kind of a weird song, and it modulates a lot. And, and it was just the most, one of the more depressing things. Because I'm like singing my heart out, and everybody else is just standing there like this. Like, what are we doing here? So, um, so I don't normally sing it, but, but it, there's, so, there's some great lines in there. And the third verse, it says this. It says, long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. My eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. And this is what I imagine for Paul and Silas is when their chains fell off and, and they were able to get out and, and climb out of the dungeon. How amazing that must have felt. Now, um, I've never been in, in prison. I'm not going to ask you that question today. Um, but I can only imagine that if we were in prison and all of a sudden all the doors flung open and all of our chains fell off, what would we all do? We'd get the heck out of there, right? Nope, see y'all, bye. I mean, we we would do this. And this was what they kind of expected to happen. But but what was fascinating is that that is not what happened at all. Um, And and so uh, I want to read a little bit more of the story. It says that the jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed that the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But, but Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself, we are all here. How extraordinary did the witness of Paul and Silas singing have to be to convince people who were in prison not to leave? Extraordinary witness, right? The jailers called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved and everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and all who lived in the household. Even at that hour of night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in their household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He and his entire house rejoiced because they all believed in God. I mean, this is just an extraordinary scene. In the middle of the night, they all go to the jailer's house. The wounds are are cleansed. Neosporin was placed on them, I'm sure of that. And then they went back to the prison so that the next day everybody would be there and accounted for it. Extraordinary story. Now, I think it really speaks to freedom again. One, because... The jailer realized he was, even though he was in charge of keeping other people behind bars, he was ultimately behind bars. Because he too knew that his worth, he believed, was how well he did his job. He was chained to doing his job exactly right. And at that moment, 
when Paul and Silas said, we're here and everybody's here, he realized that he did not need to be chained to his performance at his job, but that he could instead trust in Jesus for all of that. And then Paul and Silas were free. Now, I think sometimes freedom we, we get the wrong idea about. Freedom does not mean I can do what I want, right? If you turn 18, you know, and you're free, doesn't mean you can't just do what you want to do, right? You, just because you have a car doesn't mean you can drive it however you want to drive it. And when we have freedom, what it really means in, in the biblical sense is that we should not use our freedom for us. Instead, and I want to read to you from Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, it says these words. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. And this is what it really means for us as a church. Is as we want freedom for everybody, freedom from sin, freedom from slavery, freedom from those inward things that we have inside of us, and there are some of us, I imagine, we, this darkness within us overwhelms us at times. The anxiety or the fear or the bitterness or despair, God wants you to be free from all of that. Instead, he has come to set us free to follow him and to help others follow him. And that's what we want to do as a church. And that's what we want to do as people, is to live in the freedom that God has for us. So what I want to invite us to do is to just have a little time of prayer as we, as we pray today. If you need to reach out and text, I'd be honored to, to be able to pray with you. But also, uh, if you want to come to the altar today, maybe you do have something inside that you just need prayer for. Um, maybe you've been trying to follow your own way for a long time. And, and, and you've actually, thinking in your freedom that you're going to do what you want to do, that you've actually been a slave to all these other pressures and all these inward things going on. And maybe today is the day you're going to say, I've decided to follow Jesus. I want the freedom that even on the worst day, like Paul and Silas had, they could still have the best moments. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.